0: We're back after two years' break. Radio Yes Cumbria is back with the latest views and news from the Welsh Independence Movement. It's the eighth of October, twenty twenty. It's time for independence. Yes, Yes, yes.
1: yes. yes. Radio. Yes. Yes.
0: Ah! And in today's program, we'll be discussing taxation in an independent Wales, universal basic income, and the work going into founding Wales's newest bank, Bank Cambria. Joining me will be the businessman Teggy Roberts. And the entrepreneur Mark Cooper, stick with us. Yes,
1: yes, yes. we yes.
0: Radio, yes.
1: independent news and views from independent yes. Nation. Yes. yes. yes.
0: yes. Tegid, you're a businessman. You've also tweeted a big a bit about taxation and independent Wales. So basically, does Wales have the economy to keep the standards of living we now have, and what would taxation look in independent Wales? That's a huge
2: question, Sean. <laughs> it is um, huge question. Um. At the moment we don't raise it uh, as much taxation as we would like um, but then the problem we, we have in Wales is that we don't necessarily know um, what corporation tax level we're actually raising in Wales because we are lumped in with England. Um, so when you register a company in, in, uh, in Wales you're registering a company in England and Wales and taxation is collected uh, centrally in, in Westminster. Uh, but Wales certainly raises enough tax to cover the costs of the Senedd and the Welsh government and all Welsh government spending. Um, where we where we don't raise enough tax, in my opinion, is we don't raise enough tax on wealth in Wales. Majority of the taxation in Wales is raised on income taxes and VAT, um, but we don't raise enough on wealth, which are asset taxes predominantly. So taxes on uh, property and and um, and stocks and shares and, and assets
0: right so so what you're saying basically is that um we need to raise more taxes but we're not too sure when, First of all exactly of the full picture to begin with secondly uh, there is a need to raise taxes but that could be done not so much uh, from the ones we use now or have the competence over now but over new ones like maybe some of the land value tax or tax on 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 money in the bank is it or how does that work
2: yeah, I mean, the other thing to, to, to consider is that currently the UK government doesn't raise enough tax either. So we're running an enormous deficit at the moment. We are building um, government debt levels to a, a, a level that we've not seen for, for decades. So actually, if you think about a, a country's economy... Um, taxation is, is not the full picture, so the UK economy isn't generating enough tax to cover um, public services, so that's why we borrow money. We also do a considerable amount of quantitative easing in, uh, on, on the UK level, which is generating money digitally fr- from, from nowhere, um, and in June, for instance, we, the UK government generated £750 billion worth of quantitative easing, which is money out of nowhere. Um, so the picture in Wales really um, is complex because it isn't just raising taxation that's important, we need to look at the economy as a whole really and how with a sovereign currency, if we had a sovereign currency we'd be able to, to have instruments and methods of generating money that are, are t- created out of nothing effectively, which is, the U- which is what the UK economy is already
0: doing. And I'm gonna to have to ask you then, Tegan, is that sustainable in the long term for any for any nation state? Well, it's
2: currently Wales allocation, so there are different parts to this. So you've got taxation, which is the money that's generated out of goods and services and activity in an economy. Um, and then you have the ability to to borrow money on the markets, so government debt. You have the ability to raise and create digital money, which is money out of out of nothing. But then you've got considerable amounts of spending. Now, if you think about the amount of spending that's done on a UK level on things like defence, and also on our foreign office, now. UK has an enormous foreign office activity and an enormous defence spending in comparison to countries that are a similar size to Wales. So if we look at Ireland, Ireland is proportionally spending considerably less on defence and the foreign office uh, function than um, Wales is apportioned on the UK level. So, if Wales was an independent country, it could decide. I don't want to be part of NATO. I don't want to spend an awful lot of money on defence. I don't want to have an enormous nuclear option, and I don't want to have embassies in every town and city across the world. You know, we could cut our cloth um, considerably if we wanted to, and therefore the amount of taxation we needed to raise would reduce, and therefore. And, and any gap, any um, gap there was, deficit gap, we could then reduce and we wouldn't need to borrow as much money either.
0: Right, well, thank you, uh, Tegit. I'm going to bring in Mark Hooper, who's also a, a businessman uh, and working with Tegit on founding uh, Bank Cambrian, which we'll discuss later on. Mark, have you got any sort of views on the, the taxation question? Because it is a big question we get here in Yes Cymry and in the wider independence movement.
3: Yeah, I think, as Tiger said, this is there's... It's complicated, as people might say, but I think the question is, is more so about what sort of a country we want to develop, you know, what sort of country we want to live. So those are the key questions that we've got to ask ourselves first, because at the moment we spend many, as tag is identified, on things that serve Wales, that serves no purpose to Wales, the people of Wales, the citizens of Wales, doesn't really help our standard of living or our way of life. So I think there's a lot of things that you could start to change. But you asked a question about whether or not um, things are sustainable, particularly quantitative easing. And in times that we've got at the moment, then they are sustainable. You know, we, the, the biggest issue that we've got ahead of us and the biggest concern we should have of the economy is, the, is bringing in inflation. And the future for that is actually quite weak. So we're, we're probably at more risk of deflation in our economy than we are Inflation, so the ability to to effectively print money is appropriate. It's where that money goes, though, isn't it? At the moment, the UK government or the Bank of England um, prints money digitally and gives it directly to the big financial institutions in the city. They don't do things that would perhaps suit Wales, Scotland, um, the North of Ireland, and other places, and you know, large swathes of England for that matter as well. But if we had our own Sovereign currency. We could do some of those things. I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, Sean. I'm relatively new to coming to the conclusion that the need for our own currency is is as important as all the other elements of um, building an independent country. I know Tiger's been there a lot longer than I have, but it when you start to realise that you need all the levers, you know, it's not just one thing. You need all the levers to change things. That's that's the critical part of it. And taxation is just one part of it. And just to finish before I shut, I shut up on this one, but one of the things that I, I get concerned about is we always talk down the wealth of Wales. And um, there was some work done via the ONS, but um, Resolution Foundation did quite a lot of work on it that showed that Wales has about the average wealth of the rest of the UK. So we're not, necess- we're not one of the poorest places in the country. And the United Kingdom is one of the richest countries in the world. So there is wealth. We just don't tax it very well. And we don't tax it very well because politically, that's been considered something we don't do for, you know, different colored uh, inhabitants of number 10 for a long time now.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a few points there, isn't it? I mean, the point about the, the difference in wealth within the UK is a very important one, and basically, Wales has a, you know, a fairly average uh, standard of living. Maybe you could say that there are very some very poor parts. A third of children in poverty as well. Um, but what's it? May in a way it makes it, it's made to look worse because the southeast of England is so exp- is so rich. So it's a bit like people keep telling me that Estonia is a ve- is a tiny country. Well, it is compared to Russia, but if you stick Estonia in the middle of of Europe, it's basically the same size as the Netherlands, which is not a tiny country; it's a medium-sized country, or the Czech Republic. And to some extent, where it is is um, suffering because our economy is always compared to that. You know, it's the difference between us and south of England or the London economy makes it look more of a problem to some extent than it actually is. Um, and if we weren't contributing to stuff like HS2 and to Crossrail and to the Trident and all the other things we've contributed over centuries, then that wealth would be staying here rather than going somewhere else.
3: But it's also differentiating between wealth, so stored wealth, whether it's in land, whether it's in property, whether it's in stocks and shares, whether it's in pensions, that that's wealth and then comparing that to income. From an income level, then we are poorer. Um, than lots of the rest of the United Kingdom, so there's a big difference there. But it's the it's the wealth side of it that we that we are very poor at taxing, and actually most of that wealth on a society basis does very little. You know, it's it's useless essentially. So how do you turn it to use for the good good of all society? And those are the the things that I think we should be looking at um, taxing. Differently, and it will fall on those with broader shoulders then to be able to pay for things. Because what's clear is the way our economy works at the moment is that it frankly doesn't work for those people who are furthest away from things. So, the people who are weakest in our society in Wales, even with a government that you could argue you know should be focused on these things, are still the ones who are being hit the hardest. You know, whilst child poverty. Is at levels that we should be. We should find abhorrent, and in a independent Wales that you know I want to be part of. I'd like to see those that, that we solve those problems. We don't allow them just to continue day in day out.
0: So, so take it just to sort of maybe wrap up um, this part of the, the, the program. You know, what we're looking at is that. Yes, we we need to um, tax things differently or tax new things, but there could be problems politically with that, Mark, and Teg, because obviously people nobody wants to be taxed, and there may be a reason why these parts of uh, of the economy haven't been taxed so far in that vested interest or people don't want to do it. Um, but there's also we can we can also identify over expenditure to some extent by the West people in terms of you know I think we're spending more on defence and even need to ask for which is like two point four of, of our GDP which is absolutely bonkers, um, but are they, would you identify maybe for the listeners some taxation or some idea on what, what taxation would look like in independent Wales?
2: I think largely the taxation should fall more on assets and property rather than on income, so really income as automation takes hold of the economy and, and work becomes less easy to find, we need to be taxing things that are not income, so we need to move t- towards taxing land in a different way. We need to tax assets, pensions um and you know stocks and shares in a different way to the way we're we're taxing them now. As Mark says, Wales has considerable amounts of assets, you know, on a global scale, have considerable amounts of assets. But those assets are sitting in property and land and, and pension funds and, and stocks and shares. So we need to move our direction away from taxing income. So because our incomes are low anyway, we don't really want to burden people with higher income taxes because their, their average wages are not particularly good at, as it is. But we need to shift. Our emphasis away from income taxes onto taxes of on assets particularly property tax and land taxes in my opinion
0: Yeah. so the Senate has some power now is over land value tax um, landfill tax and an element with the uh, land tax as well so land value tax the question we always get with that is basically we're taxing your land which is you can't move to the Cayman Islands and pretend it's not there uh, so it's a good way of taxing stuff and people across political Spectrum agree with this. People like Lloyd George, and I think Churchill at one time were supportive of land value tax. The question is, and we get this especially in ways with farmers: are farmers then penalised for because they have bigger amounts of land than than other people? Well, not necessarily. Um, So, with
2: with the farming community, we typically pay farmers to to work the land. Yes, so there will have to be some sort of balance between um the um agricultural land i don't think there should be a flat rate of land value tax across the whole of wales it should vary depending on the use of the land so in the in this right in the center of cardiff with an office block or an apartment block the tax on that land would would obviously be higher than if you were owning a 50 acre farm or a 100 acre farm in the middle of powys for instance you know it would have to be different for different types of usage because farmers in Wales typically earn around twenty thousand or less a year, so we do not want to burden farmers in Wales t- too heavily, um, particularly those on the on the smaller farms um, that would be wrong
0: and i'll finish this the last question, Mark or maybe Teg it can answer you know this idea then okay we see we can tax assets and pensions and stuff, then would someone just basically get a pension outside Wales and then we'd be unable to tax them at all? would that happen? I think you'd, you'd want you'd set up a system that was
3: simpler and you know didn't have the same sort of holes in it as the UK taxation system. One of the reasons those holes are in there is it's, they're developed by these um, you know, accountants who come over and work from the big accountancy firms to help people to avoid tax in the first place. I think I think the taxation code can be um, very much simplified. And, you know, it's about, as Teg has said, you know, one of the, the, the things about land value tax is it's there. You know, yeah. it is there. And, as Sean, you said, you know, it can't run off to the Cayman Isles, absolutely. And we need to, you know, ensure that we know where these assets are and know the value of them. But it uh, one point, just to finish this one, I don't think people should be scared of a fair taxation system. At the moment, the taxation system is unfair. You know, the taxation and the way that things work at the moment is unfair so let's start making the country that we're going to develop something that's fair and and people who can afford to do things can can afford to pay and remember wealth you know it comes from history most wealth is unearned so it's just passed down from parent to from grandparents parents and so on so it isn't something that has necessarily been earned by by people either so let's let's focus on delivering something that's
2: fair as a starting point. I think what I would add to that is the majority of the youth in Wales won't be able to afford to buy a home and therefore have an asset until they're in their late 30s now so people of our age so late 40s early 50s are fairly fortunate to own a house our parents may have owned a house or may have rented but if you are 20 or 30 now the chance of you owning a house is pretty low so why don't we make their their lives considerably better and make our lives slightly worse by taxing us a little bit more than we are being taxed now is my view you know because i look at my kids now my kids are sort of you know one's nine the other one's thirteen. Ten years from now they're going to start thinking about purchasing a property you know they may have some you know Uh, Debt from university perhaps if they are fortunate enough to go to university With 50,000 pounds worth of debt leaving university. What hope have they got to to purchase a house? Well, and the reason we're in this situation is because we're not taxing properly. We're not taxing those with the money, you know I don't it's beyond me why there are so many people in rent rented accommodation in Wales um, worrying about people who have got assets and and then being taxed too much. It, it doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Right, thanks, Teged. Well, we'll take a break from taxation. Come back to us in a minute and we'll be discussing universal basic income. Yes, yes. yes. yes.
1: Radio. Yes. Yes. Radio Free Wales. Yes.
0: Yes. 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 Yeah, you're listening to Radio Yes Company with me, Sean Jobbins, and with me is Tegid Roberts of Cadarn um business and who's also working for to set up Bank Cambria, and Mark Cooper, the founder of Indie Cube offices, and he's also working on Bank Cambria. We're going to be discussing the universal basic income now, which is a big thing and has been in the news recently a lot. Mark, uh, can you just explain to listeners exactly what the universal basic income is? So, it's universal basic income
3: is not a new idea. It's been around for a long time, and I suppose the easiest way of describing it is a state payment that's universal so everyone gets it it's unconditional so in as opposed to things like job seekers allowance so you have to prove you're doing something to get the payment you get it unconditionally and it's sufficient so you know it's basic so it's sufficient for people to have you know to live with um it wouldn't be something where people could have an excessive lifestyle on but it'd be sufficient to to live on
0: so and- how- sorry so how does it is it like a thousand pounds a month or a thousand five hundred a month i don't know for everyone uh once they're 18 or and then if they work on top of that great they keep the money in any case or if they don't work or if they work in a very small business or you know maybe just doing some odd jobs they still keep the money how does it work so you know the level of payment is something we're probably going to get into
3: into this you know my particular view is i think it needs to be around a thousand pounds a month per um, adult. There would be a payment as well, but there already is for um, children. We've been used to universal payments with child benefit for a long time now. So this isn't something that's necessarily new, but at this level it would be um, more. And yes, people would be able to keep um, the proceeds subject to taxation of other work. Um, so people would be able to go and you know, start up a new business or, or work doing X, Y and Z. And the, the um, proceeds less tax, they'd keep that as well. So it does, it's, uh, you know, people people have talked before about, you know, where's the floor? And at the moment, there is no floor. We, we allow people to go into um, abject poverty in, in this society. So this would give a floor. It would take away the stigma associated with um, claiming benefits, and we'd all have it. Those people then who could afford it would pay for it through, you know, we've just spent a Twenty minutes talking about taxation would pay through it for through their tax code.
0: Right, so they get the the basic income, and then on top of that, if they had kids, they maybe get some income as well. What happens if they can stuff like you know money towards paying rent or other benefits? So a lot of benefits
3: would be covered by this um, right. thing, but not all. You know, I think one of the things that and one of the concerns that people have got if the disability um, campaigners, for example, are worried that actually will they lose their ability so their benefits that they have are to, are to make them to give them access to the same um standard of living in lots of ways whether they need care or whatever as people who don't suffer those um f- from those uh, concerns so it's a quite a you know some things will stay and some things will go now some of those things that uh, you you could maintain a strong um welfare system but you don't have to maintain all of it so things like job seekers allowance obviously which is a key one and very pertinent at the moment would would definitely disappear as a result of this
0: so so take it i mean i don't know what your views are on the ubi i mean do, do you think it's something which would be easy to implement Would it make things simpler or more complicated and who do you think would be against it
2: i think typically the people who are against ubi are the ones who have got trust funds and therefore have a basic income generated and given to them by their family um, coffers um that's that's been my experience a ubi and, and i've been a, a a supporter of ubi for maybe 6 6 years or more and written at least a paper on it um would be relatively simple to to implement, and that's one of the benefits of it, and that's why it is attractive to the, both the right wing of politics and also the left wing, because it simplifies the, the welfare system. Um, and one of the best ways, I think, uh, of implementing that I've seen is, is what they call a negative income tax. And with a negative income tax, what happens there is if you earn no money at all, the state would give you roughly a thousand pounds a month, something like that. We can discuss again what the level should be. And then, as you earn more than um, zero, you start paying proportionally a, a relatively flat rate of tax on that. So, if you're earning fifty thousand pounds a year, you know, you will be paying quite a lot of uh, tax on that, but you will still be receiving something like twelve thousand pounds from the state. So the idea of a negative income tax is a form of uh, implementation of basic income and it was first proposed by the neoliberal um, economist Milton Friedman, actually, um, in the 1970s. So this has actually support on the left and the right wing of of politics and that's that's quite a good good thing and and unusual.
0: And I think, Mark, it's something you've been talking about uh, a lot recently which is basically the changing nature of... The economy and, and work itself and that COVID has highlighted that you know, I mean a lot of people now go into a very difficult situation. You know, I mean offices are, are going to go in a different situation. Uh, people are losing their jobs. Do you think universal basic income? As the time has come to discuss this, I think the time has was to, right to
3: discuss this. Probably three or four years ago. I think we're now in a in an emergency situation where you know discussing it is no longer. An option. There's been a number of calls in um, Westminster for the government to consider it, and they've and they've you know dismissed it out of hand. And I think that's a that's a mistake because what we're allowing, you know, we're about to arguably enter one of the most damaging um, economic crises that that we've ever seen, and we need to be able to make sure that people um, can live throughout it because there's no. It's inappropriate for a society that, that has enough for that many people to, to struggle. And if the answer is always, well, find a job, A, are there good enough jobs? Are there jobs out there? Are those jobs good enough? And, you know, are we just going to force people to do things that make their lives you know, pretty poor? You know, we've only got one go at this um, world. And how many people... You know, look back at their work in life and, and think what a what a waste in lots of ways. There's a, a de- recently departed um, uh, big thinker called a guy called David Graeber who wrote a book, um, "Bullshit Jobs," um, and he argued that you know there's a large proportion of jobs that really have no have little worth in them. Why do we do? It? How many people I think you know sit at their job each day and and wonder whether they've contributed? um sufficiently so you know this is the time to to start
0: and it was discussed in the senate a few weeks ago if i'm correct uh what was the consensus there was it just parked away because we can't do anything about it or are people keen to do something with it or i mean for me it's another reason why we need independence to so at least to dis- decide and and implement these kind of ideas if we want to rather than waiting for westminster
2: Westminster w- won't want to implement something like UBI because it gives too many people um, uh, a lift up. And the Westminster government, as far as I can see, both left and right, so the Labour Party and the Conservative Party, have no particular interest in, in, um, in implementing a UBI. Um, so uh, there are... the people it a UBI in Wales could help there are 370,000 unpaid carers in Wales and they're looking after disabled people they're looking after elderly li- relatives and they d- they don't get paid at all i mean it's and a ubi would give them um economic s- security it would give people who are uh, are on zero hours contracts um security as well now when we talk of a basic income we are talking about a relatively Um, modest amount per month a thousand pounds so it's enough to live on but not necessarily in a huge amount to live on so it's um it's important i think that people realize that basic income does actually mean basic yes and and if you want you know if you want to live a a better life and have expensive holidays and and things like that you know you you'll need to go out and and get work yeah Um, so i mean just
3: add just add sean the um debate in the senate Passed. So, you know, the Senate as a whole voted to deploy a trial of universal basic income and um, to ask, request the money from Westminster to, to roll it out. Now, both of those things were recognized in the response from the Welsh Government, who abstained on the, the matter, is they didn't have the powers to do it. So oh, right. basically, our elected representatives have said, yes, let's do it. And then the blocker is Westminster.
0: Correct. Right. So that's that's not a new that's not a new story. And again, this is the kind of reason why yes, comedy has grown as a movement. And I think the, the the people are coming over to independence. You know, independence increasingly is becoming a question not of identity and history and you know, true and stuff like that. That's important. But it's increasingly becoming a question of good governance.
2: Yeah, y- yes, I agree entirely. A lot of it's about good governance, and and it's a lot of it's about having control over our own currency and treasury, and and decision making on something like something as large as UBI. Um, we we don't even have the, we're not even in the position to pilot a lot of things, never mind implement them fully. And an independence uh, for a country which is a similar size to seventeen other European countries. I mean, we are not a small country really. Malta is a small country. Yeah. You know, and Iceland is a small country, but Iceland is able to do lots of these things, and and Malta the same. So, you know, Wales is not a small country. It's got 5 million acres and 3.2 million people. It's it's not a tiny country at all.
0: I'm going to quickly just change the conversation slightly, and I was intending to discuss it earlier in the last segment, which is about the idea, and we discussed it, um, of Wales having its own currency. I don't want to be too long on this. I think we'll have another programme about it in the future. But both of you... Uh Tegid's, as I understand, has been a proponent for a few years. Mark, uh, recently, I'm even more recently. Mark, I'm looking at the, the new lights. You know, I always assumed an independent Wales would basically have the same currency as England. You know, it's not a big thing for me. My identity is not defined by the currency I use. But I'm starting to see the arguments for Wales having its own currency. It, would people hold a Welsh currency, Tagged?
2: Yes, they they would have to um if we want to do quantitative easing if we want to have control over our own ability to to raise um, government bonds if we're uh, and also to to raise quantitative easing and digital money we need control over our own currency um now iceland has a population of four hundred and forty thousand people roughly the population of 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 cardiff and Arro. Ar- so there 's no reason why Wales couldn 't have its own currency initially we would probably choose to peg it to um, sterling um, and then over a period of time as our economy improved we would then free float it and, and let it go independently um, a country you know another example of a country in Europe with a, a strong currency is is Switzerland so Switzerland has a population of five million um, Um, has its own currency and is always seen as as the currency that people want during a crisis. It's a safe haven currency. Well, why shouldn't Wales have a safe haven currency that people want to, you know, if we are well governed, if Wales was well governed and did things well and the population was well looked after, um, then we could have a strong and, and stable currency. It's absolutely... Um, being relatively small in terms of population, three million, is no barrier at all from having a strong and and stable currency at all.
0: Right. I, I we really need to discuss this in detail thing again. So we'll have another uh, yes, Rajya Yaskumari talk on currency and maybe other issues. I'm going to leave that for a moment to tag it, but it's such an interesting and very important part of, of the independence debate. We can come back in a second, and we're going to be discussing the big, huge. I would say one of the most important projects, an exciting project at the moment, which is Bank Cambria. So stick with us here on Radio Yes Cymru. My name is Sean Jobbins. We'll come back and discuss uh, Bank Cambria. Yes, you're listening to Radio Yes Cymru with me, Sean Jobbins. Joining me tonight, Mark Hooper from Barry, Barry Boy, and uh, Teggy Roberts up there in Wrexham. But now living down in Cardiff, Teggy, am I yeah. right?
2: Yes, that's right, Cardiff.
0: Good. and uh, both of you are at the forefront of pushing what I think is fantastic. You know, I went down to see the Slovene community in Italy in about the year 2002 and they had their own bank um Bank Primorska which basically was set up in the 19th century when all these small nations in Europe had their own banks and that's very important for them and I thought we don't have our own bank but you're looking to set up our own bank here in Wales. Uh, tell us about yes, uh, Bank Cambria. What kind of bank is it going to be? Can people see it on a, on the high street? Can they use it, uh, the card when they're paying for petrol, ever? And you know, is there some kind of time scale to this, Mark? Do you want to kick off? Yeah, thanks, Sean. This is um, this is I think a really
3: important project. Just because it's an institution, you know, what, yeah, why do we rely exactly on institutions elsewhere for our everyday living? You know, people use a bank to manage their resources day in, day out. And we should have one that's based in Wales. What we're trying to do, and I think, you know, every day gets closer to it, is to develop um, a a bank. So this would be with all the cards. So, you know, you'd sell mortgages, do loans. um, It would have a debit card. It would be able to to get cash out from the hole in the wall Um, and it would put Banking operations back into some of the high streets that have left Wales. You know, over the past five years, we've lost 250 How bank we? branches. That's almost half of Amazing. our bank branches have left communities, and they've left the communities that are already, one could argue, slightly adrift from yeah. um, the economy we're in. So this is, you know, hugely exciting. I um, I, I sometimes describe it as, you know, people say, "Isn't banking difficult?" and the people who want to make banking difficult are those people who are already doing banking you know this is it is relatively straightforward it's not easy but it's relatively straightforward and there's nothing to stop us having a bank in wales
0: well i think the, the ground is opening up behind someone there i'm not too sure i hope there's some bigger so closing the gates i've been <laughs> locked in i think <laughs> i'll take it uh just to for the thickies amongst us <laughs> looking at myself um So with Bank Cambria, I mean, it would be on the high street, I'm going to ask two questions. One, you know, people are sort of getting used to doing stuff online now, aren't they? So do they actually need, do you need to be paying a big rent for a building which is open for, what, five, seven uh, hours a day? Uh, And secondly, you know, um, how how, how does it start? I mean, call me stupid, to open a bank, you need to have money in it already. So, I mean, how does that happen? So, the first question is, you know, is it actually worth having a building in you know, Newcastle, Emlyn or you Kidwelly know, or somewhere like that? And secondly, where is the actual cash going to come to start it off or to be in the bank when people need to raise money? Well, I mean,
2: there's considerable evidence that people um, want a bank in their lo- locale, so in, in the village and the town that they live so we we plan to open at least 20 um branches over wales to begin with over a 5 year period um but it's all but one of the benefits we have is we're starting from scratch so we're going to be able to work with local authorities work with all sorts of other businesses to be able to put a relatively small branch in um and a very modern branch so what we have is a a is a, a very sophisticated atm that doesn't just give you money but also takes money and you can put money in it so if you own a small business that generates a lot of cash you can put money into this um, special ATM we have um, we're going to have a digital uh, offering as well, so there'll be an app on your phone. You'll be able to, to 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 use that like you would with with any other bank. So we're going to be a fully functioning modern bank with um, an app on your phone. You'll have a debit card in your wallet. You uh, and you'll be able to get a, a mortgage with us. You'll be able to get a you know have a savings account. Um, we're going to make sure that there are bank accounts in the Welsh language and English language as well. So we, we're going to use. Um, Welsh and English equally in the bank and not just um, not just a token thing you know not just something that you know where we have a sign on on the door we're going to make sure that the operation of the bank will be bilingual so this is really important in fact, Mark and I were talking to the Welsh language commissioner today about this and and this is going to be fundamental to to what we do um so, yeah, it's very exciting, I have to say, and, and you know, Mark in particular has put a, an awful lot of work into this, and, it, and it, I can't tell you there's very exciting times at the moment
0: to do this. Yeah, it is, it is exciting. I mean, I'm just thinking, because I'm going I'm to speak as Mr. Thick here, so I mean, what I would need to move from my bank would be someone to basically say, look, here's Sean, come and sit here, and we'll transfer the whole thing over to you to Bank Cambria. I mean, that's the kind of level of interaction we need to get the stuff moving, I presume
2: yeah that i mean that and that's that's what you will be able to do so in order to have a bank in the uk you need to go through a considerable amount of regulation you you know we're regulated by the the, the um the fsa um and also the praa and you know the regulations fairly tight and um we've we can't announce the news that we we know that we yeah. <laughs> um today but um it'll be pretty obvious when we are able to announce what we're doing um, how this is going to be structured, where the money's going to come from, how it's going to be set up. I mean, you know, we're getting perilously close to, to, to having this uh, a reality
0: no. now. So I presume, Mark, I mean, you'd need individuals like myself to, to start banking and move move from the bank or at least open another account with you. But we also need institutions in ways to move their account over to this. So, so the county councils who hold millions of pounds, well, they did invest in banks in Iceland a few years ago, if we remember, and that didn't work out too well. Um, yeah, the other big institutions and in Wales—they need to be—and their managers, if they're listening to this, need to be thinking about moving their accounts over to Bank Cambria as well, I presume.
3: Well, do you know, I think we're probably more interested in the smaller businesses than the people with big amounts of cash. So this will be an operation that's focused on you know, individuals and the the S of the SME market. So it's it's focused on smaller um, businesses, but just as a, you know, an aside, there's a, each bank, the big banks aim to make about 400 pounds a year from people who have active current accounts with them. So that's, a, there's two and a half million active current accounts in Wales today, personal accounts. So that's a billion pounds a year that leaves, you know, that travels over the Severn bridge or on the A55 or, you know, through into Shropshire that basically leaves our country never to return. And those big banks use it for all sorts of different purposes. So we just got to, you know, this is about us saying this is an important time for us to make sure that the wealth that we have, which we've spoken about in other parts of this programme, stays in Wales, because if it does, it can start to generate, it will generate more wealth. It will, and it will be a, you know, a, a virtuous circle. Whereas at the moment it's a, you know, we've got a bucket with holes in, um this is one part of it. There's a load of other parts as well that we could fix. But just imagine, you know, people talk about a fifteen which I don't accept, but you know, fifteen billion pounds a year deficit. Well, I've just solved a billion pounds of that by doing what we're doing here if everyone swapped over. That's how we can make these things different.
0: And that's so important, and this is why the independence movement and I say movement is so important, because one is changing the perceptions asking the different questions coming up with different answers but we're giving practical answers as well i remember being in catalonia for their referendum a few years ago and we met up as a international delegates in a very fantastically fine building in the middle of barcelona it was like a library and a, and a club set up by the bank institutions in catalonia in the 19th century where the catalans didn't want to give all their money to madrid they didn't trust madrid and they created their own financial institutions. And of course, as you say, Mark, the money then stayed in Barcelona. So the reason Barcelona is such a fantastic city is they're run essentially by nationalists who didn't want to let the money all go to Madrid. They wanted to keep the money there in Catalonia and support their language and culture. And that didn't happen in Wales in the 19th century and certainly not in the 20th century to the extent it should have.
2: There used to be a lot of banks in Wales that are owned locally. You know, yeah. Um, so a lot of the now if you go to um, Anglesey, if you go to other parts in, in Wales, you will see a um, a branch of a large UK bank and above above the door, it'll say the name of a, of a local a local bank that it was effectively bought out. So what we're trying to do is reverse that, reverse that, so that Wales has its own institution. We don't lose this billion pounds a year, which is an awful lot of money. If you think about the, the Welsh economy is about seventy-five billion, so to lose a billion a year is a lot of money. Um, now, it's uh, it's a substantial, and that's just on current accounts, by the way. You know, that's, that's yeah. a substantial amount of money. We're not talking about mortgages here; we're just current accounts.
0: And and also, what the bank would also do is. Help you know, give the kind of jobs people say they have to leave Wales to do these are kind of jobs and expertise and exciting stuff which be employed here in Wales are paying good wages as well
2: yes yes indeed yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have some pretty strong policies on on how people are paid um at the banks as well make sure that they're paid well
0: and then, again this is the important part with building a Welsh state you know I was talking to a lecturer in Bangor in the economics department there. They've been asked a few years ago by the Welsh Government to look into things like land value tax. Uh, And so these are kind of skills again and creating the expertise which we in in Wales need. So when we're talking about independence, we're actually talking about making Wales itself stronger and having jobs here which at the moment are all exported outside of Wales. So there's no reason, there's no surprise people go to London to work because those kind of jobs are there at the moment and the supporters of the British state want to keep it as as that.
2: Next time you look at your bank statements, look at where the money that you're spending is going. If it goes towards your electricity and gas bill, think about where that electricity and gas company lives. If it goes towards a food bill, think where that supermarket is headquartered, where your mobile phone bill money is going. If we were able to build all these institutions in Wales, have our own companies, that money would not be leaving Wales now, would it? It would stay in Wales and it would be recycled in the economy
0: yes and this is a big argument as we discussed at the beginning of the program about taxation sorry mark
3: no i was just going to say I would endorse everything that tag had just um finished off with with there i think that's really important but it's also these are things that we can do now yes you yeah. know what we wait too long you know we, we don't have to wait until you know we get to those green that green nirvana field <laughs> that we're all you know looking forward to we can make a difference to things today and sometimes i worry that we, our comfort our lack of confidence is what's letting us down and we need to we should have the confidence to say we deserve a bank we should have a bank we can have one now and it will be part of the institutional network that
2: builds the future wales that's the sort of thing we should be doing yeah, yeah. and by doing and by doing it now we'll make you know we'll make our independent process far far easier and quicker
0: yeah, her uh, hundred and ninety nine. And way confidence in ourselves, as you're saying, Welsh. There's a fantastic little by the great Nick of Wales from Trail, uh, which came out I think last night. And Yes, Camry, we are the change we want, and this is what Yes, Camry, and the whole independence movement is about. We're we're fed up of waiting. We're fed up of waiting someone else to change. We're 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 done with waiting. We're changing Wales for the better, and we're doing it now. You've been listening to uh, Mark Hooper from Barry. Take it, Robert, from um, Wrexham now in Cardiff, two fantastic men who do a great job for Wales—not just with Bank Cambria, not just with a great Twitter handles which we'll share later on, but moving the political and inter- intellectual debate on in Wales, asking people questions and coming up with answers as well. You've been listening to myself, Sean Jobbins, here on Radio Yes Company. It's the first program in almost two years, but we're back now because it's time—and it's time for independence. Yes, Camry Radio. Yes, yes. ah! Shemai, it's the 14th of October, 2020. This is Radio Yes, Cymru. My name is Sean Jobbins. It's time for Independence. Yes, 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 yes. yes can
1: we Radio. Yes,
0: yes. Ah! And on tonight's program, we have Theo Davis Lewis, originally from Tennessee, but writes for Nation, Camry, The Spectator, and The Times. And we're going to be discussing Plaid Cymru's Commission on Independence. Stick with us. Yes!
1: Yes! Yes, yes Cymru Radio. Yes. Independent news and views from
0: independent nation. Yes. Yes. yes! So, Theo, thanks for coming to the programme. Uh, a lot to discuss. You've written about it, Four Nation Cymru. Uh, Plaid Cymru's much vaunted uh, Commission on Independence, published a couple of weeks ago now. There's been a lot of discussion about it, a lot of differing views on it. What briefly is your t- take on this commission?
4: Well, obviously, there's no doubting that this is an important document for Wales. I think there's obviously been that fanfare around it. It's probably what the movement and what Plaid Cymru needed in the sense that there was some sort of blueprint in there. Obviously, it's a document that's designed to guide Plaid Cymru and guide you know the people of Wales, in inverted commas, about you know what independence might look like. Uh, and there's interesting ideas in there. I mean, you know, you've had other commentators like Laura McAllister talk about how you know maybe the economics aren't that radical. Um, you've had, you know, other contributors like John Ball say that, you know, the referendum point, there's too many referendums. I think the point I made for Nation and for The Times was that this is politically incredibly impractical for Plaid Cymru. And that's something, of course, the party do not want to talk about because this is a very much, you know, a self-created moment in Welsh history. This is a Plaid Cymru Um, Report, But for me, I think if you look at what's in there, things like, you know, the self-determination bill and and so on, you know, they're not going to get that unless they're in government. And that was the major takeaway from me on the political side, um, that that's going to be incredibly hard to deliver. So in short, um, Sean, it is something that is important for us that, you know, observe politics and look at Wales and look at what's changing uh, in the broad view of things. But there are so many questions that come from this, from this report as well.
0: But to be fair to Plaid, I mean, every party writes essentially a manifesto uh, and then you could say that there's no point in writing any manifesto or any, having any views unless you're going to be in power. And that's something which is obviously outside the power of any political movement. So I think, uh, from my take, I think it's a good thing they've written it. I think there's this good stuff in there. So which, obviously the part of them maybe not being in government is a big question. But what else do you think they could have done instead then?
4: Well, I mean, if you look at the responses, I think obviously some people were unhappy that they probably weren't asked themselves to contribute. Um, and I think, you know, should this have been a move, uh, document that included other parts of the, the independence movement? I know, obviously, I think they spoke to an element of Yes Cymru. Um, and I think, you know, the, the Labour for Indie Wales or whatever the group's called were unhappy because technically, if you worked it out, probably more people support independence that voted for the Labour Party in Wales that actually vote for Plaid Cymru if you work out the statistics at a regional level uh, in in the Senate elections in the last one. So, you know, they were unhappy. At the end of the day, it's a Plaid Cymru document. It's not a a Labour Party document. Um, And of course, Mark Drakeford at the minute, uh, at the time of speaking, does not support an independent Wales, but you never know. And, you know, I think this is is the major thing, is that who owns uh, the independence movement? I mean, for me, I think it's so easy, you know, to say this is in the people of Wales's hands, and, you know, and so on and so forth. In reality, I think, I think Pride have got a problem in the sense that, you know, more people support the idea of independence than their own party, really. Um, and, you know, recent polling from Scotland shows that, you know, the support there is not only with the question of independence, but also with the SNP. So I think, you know, the point of who owns this movement, and obviously, you know, your there's a cigarette for yes Cymru and then you've got Ply Cymru and I'm sure you both you know obviously get along uh, well and fine you're all working towards the same aim but you know for me I see you know differences in approach and differences in what you're asking for in this and I think that will be something that we eventually ask and I think at the end of the day it probably will be something that will be very contentious when we come to asking that question about independence which I think by the way for the record, I think we will probably ask this decade, So I get accused of being a Tory fascist sometimes, and then I get accused of being a Labour spy. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm all, over, all over the place, but I do think this question of independence will come to Wales. Uh, for me, the big, big question from this document is not only yes, get the economics for a second, and the constitutional and the legal, it's who owns this, who's going to deliver this, and I think that's a really difficult question for Plaid Cymru. I,
0: I, I took from it actually that it's quite... Uh... Um, a Catholic, if you like, document because it essentially gives any party and someone's winking here at the Labour Party, I presume, a banister there or some baby steps they could be taking uh, which actually wouldn't even necessarily support independence. A lot of things in the document about building a Welsh state which actually you could almost take from being a unionist and saying, okay, at the end of this we'll have a unified uh, UK but with some kind of um, confederalism or something. So, I mean, I think there's a lot which people are not implied to be worth looking at uh, for the details and some ideas. But we'll leave that aside for a minute. I mean, maybe the big issues discussed uh, on the media and on Twitter and on Facebook, maybe the big takeouts was the idea of two referendums and then maybe this idea of maybe confederalism. So maybe we could take those two points, Theo. Um, starting off with the, the referendum one, I think this is something again you weren't too sure of. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I think Really, for me, I think politics is much more simple than this
4: document, and that's not to you know denigrate the work that this has done because you know they have to put forward a case which is you know well thought through you know what sort of constitutional arrangement do we have? Is it this sort of benelux model is a league you know the u k league uh whatever it is i mean you've got to put these complex things out you've got to put several alternatives out there. But in reality, as people have written about before and, you know, as, as I've touched upon, it's, it's far more simple than that. A yes, no question, I think, is the one that we will have. I think actually that will be, you know, something that we'll have to live with. I don't think, for example, we're going to have a referendum on whether we have a monarchy or a republic, um, which is obviously quite ironic judging on, you know, Plaid Congress history with republicanism. Um, but... You know, I don't think we'll have those questions. I think it is far more simple than that, whether you agree with it or not. I think I think that's just the nature of politics. I mean, you know, I don't know what you think, Sean, but I, I mean, for me, I think it is going to be that simple question. You've, this document's great to sort of outline that, but I just don't think they're going to come to that idea of the future relationship of Wales. Because, you know, there's so many referendums, you know, how are we going to find the time in the current state of things, to do that. I don't think, you know, that will be possible. You know, these things with, you know, citizens' assemblies and so on, uh, it's, it's not to, to take away from what has been written and what has been thought through. But for me, it's going to be a simple question for Wales this decade. And I think, you know, the big elephant in the room, obviously, is what's going to happen in Scotland. Uh, and that's not to take away from the, the agency of the Welsh people. But I do think what happens in Scotland will, ha- will happen here. Um and i think that i think that's my that's my firm view and it hasn't changed to this document
0: no, I think you're one hundred percent correct there Scotland is a big um issue, and we've seen today at the time of this recording that say fifty eight percent now in favor of independence mm. and latest test uh poll you know, i think in the end it'll be around sixty 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 four percent um and it is a big thing and I think it's going to be the tipping point here in ways so people, whichever way they vote today or they th- even think about independence, it's going to land in our laps. And this is why Yes Cymru and I sent a letter to all Labour, Senate and Parliament members asking you, what is your plan B? <laughs> because whether you mm-hmm. want it or not, it's going to be there. So I think that document does give people some kind of in, issues to discuss with. On the referendum, I've got two big problems with this. I think two referendums, as you suggest, Theo, is maybe just too much. Uh, and I think it's in danger of complicating thing. I think maybe what Plaid's Commission is trying to do is give something in the bank. So unlike with Scotland, they voted no uh, in 2014 and nothing's come of it. And there was talk about the promise, but no, nothing has been delivered. At least if there's, a, I think the idea is, if there's a third option of Devo Max, are called what it is, the, the proponents of that have to write down in black and white what they actually mean. So I, I think there's some... A sense in that, but I just don't think there's going to be the the need or the time for independence to referendums. Because I think when it does happen, it will be Scotland, and I think things will move very very quickly. I think within about two years' time, there's a window for Wales to change. I think Northern Ireland will reunite in some form with great degree of devolution for the North, keeping Stormont, maybe keeping education within Stormont and things like that. And think then Wales has to take its time. And I'll just say I think the only be one bite to the, the apple and that's it. The other issue, Theo and I'd like to discuss with this with you, is the whole question of referendums at all. I mean, um I'm very concerned it's, if it's even possible with social media as it is to have anything close to a fair and democratic and genuinely open discussion uh with social media now. We we've seen a kind of uh, lies going on in Facebook, and every side will have their own take. But I mean, the, the downright lies, and which goes on, as I said in a talk for a company, I'm, I'm old enough to rem- remember the 1979 referendum when people were saying, you know, if you vote yes, you won't be able to watch Coronation Street. And that was <laughs> with a sort of fairly balanced media, well, within uh, at least not the, the extremes we have at the moment. So I'm not too sure if it is possible even to have a genuine referendum and most countries which become independent have a simple vote in the parliament i mean do you think that's an option or do you think people would want to have a referendum to solidify the the voter decision
4: well i don't know if the modern labour party will propagate the argument that you if you vote no to independent rails you won't have Pobla Cum anymore <laughs> but i mean i think you know it's a valid question i mean i think you know we saw actually more in more recent times with the 2014 referendum that how these things work, you know, and with Brexit, actually, it does come down to economics. And, you know, the identity and the patriotism is really important. And I think, actually, in Wales, it will play a more important part. as in not just anti-Englishness or, you know, anti westminster really, it, identity, Welsh identity will actually carry a few votes more than Scotland, I think, um, just because of, you know, recent events and so on. But I think with a referendum, it, ha- it has to be something to the people. I mean, I think this brings us back to an interesting point that we had in the middle of the pandemic, and something I touched upon for nation was, you know, the Senators obviously voting against the the sort of motion from Plaid Cymru to give the power to hold a referendum to the Senators, or to ask Westminster for the power, obviously, which is what we have to do. And you know, I think that is the central question: is you know, when and how can we do it? And I think you know, going back to what you said earlier, Sean there's things in this commission that aren't necessarily totally nationalistic or anti-unionism. And I think those are really important points. You know, my um, deep prediction, which will obviously uh, come back to haunt me, is that we probably might see the Labour Party moving towards an idea of accepting um, a policy where they might bring forward an independence referendum for Wales if the current momentum continues. I mean, some people think this momentum is very much restricted to, you know, social media and what you see, you know, on the yes Cymru feeds, which is obviously not to, you know, disrespect everything you've done with the movement, Sean, but that's what some that's what the you know unionists say. I think, you know, we have to have that referendum, but also in the way that people approach it, lots of people now think that the nationalists have to be a bit more firmer and actually take some tactics from the Brexit side of the of the, of the campaign in twenty sixteen because there was a lot of slogans, there was a lot of um, you know, pulling of the truth there. And I think that's how you win campaigns. And I think, obviously, the danger that we've had previously in terms of the way that Plaid Cymru and Adam Price's campaigned is that it's probably crossed the line, you know, with the sort of the colon- the, co- the, co- the colony comments and the colonialism comments That didn't go down very well. That was a sort of really effective slogan, but went down, you know, it sunk to the bottom of the, bottom of the, you know, Welsh coast because it didn't really resonate and it's not how you win over people. But they're going to have to... Come up with something, and I mean, sort of, you know, yes, Cymru, Plaid Cymru, you know, who's behind this movement to resonate with the people. You've got to have a referendum. The first trick is obviously if you get the Welsh Parliament to give you the right to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite amazed, well, amazed and not amazed, that Labour did vote down that Plaid Cymru motion at the beginning of summer about giving Wales the opportunity to choose its own future. I mean, so you could still vote against it, um, but I think. Uh, from Yes Cymru's point of view, I think that is the big thing we need to have in Wales after the, 20, uh, the May elections in 2021 is there has to be a key there to open the door. If people want to take independence, that's another issue. We obviously campaign for that. But I think if that, that option isn't available, then I think it's Wales well, in a very dangerous place. I think then we are seriously looking at just being totally incorporated and direct rule from Westminster within a few years after that. So I think, I think the Labour Party will need to... Um, look at that seriously. And I think also, even just to keep some voters, as we know, 51% in our poll, YouGov poll Labour supporters say they would vote independence tomorrow. Uh, so there's a big vote out there. Um, and, you know, why do you think,
4: sorry to interrupt, why yes. do you think then that they're so slow? I mean, obviously there's the historic reasons, obviously with, you know, this is a unionist party. You know, my great political hero is Jim Griffith. I think mean, he's a very strong unionist, believed Wales was very strongly in the UK. Um, and he's a product of his time. I mean, I wonder what he'd think about why everything's going on now. But, you know, there are, there is clear evidence, like you pointed to, that the Labour Party, the membership in Wales, if you believe in polls, is shifting. And I mean, you get the odd, helpful comment from, you know, Carolyn Jones um, as, as a notable figure. Mark Drakeford is still very much, you know, in his rhetoric, anti-nationalism uh, in the way that he sees it. it but, it's, I mean, I find it quite mind-boggling that, They are still, you know, very, you know, attacking and aggressive towards the nationalist movement, whereas I think probably that doesn't reflect their membership.
0: Yes, I think there's a couple of things going on there. I think there is a split between the the members in the Senate and the ones in Westminster. And I think obviously for, dare I say, just personal reasons, the ones in Westminster want to keep on to the jobs and they see themselves driving uh, the Ministry of Cars in Westminster and don't see their career in, in Cardiff. So that's one thing, and they'll see some of them going to be quite hostile to that. I think there is a there is very strong, I would say, British nationalist stroke unionist streak within the Labour Party, uh, and people, maybe especially of Mark Jakeford's uh, generation, still believe this, uh, what I consider a myth of, of the British uh, uh, nation state. So I think that's still powerful. But I mean, um, I think sometimes they, they'll have to move uh, and see what goes from that.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. So I think this idea of Britishness and, you know, Welshness, I mean, there's very vague ideas sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, something that I've touched upon, I, I wrote about it that, you know, the ideas of Britishness in Wales is going to be very hard to break. Because if you look at the other polls, it says, I think it was a, you know, a couple of months ago from panel base, which was saying that Wales is still the most pro-union country in in the UK, even though, of course, you know, independence support is at a all time high. So I think it is an interesting one, because arguably, for me, in the way I see it is that the people of Wales still, um, you know, feel like they've benefited from being a part of Britain, which has obviously brought them so many things as I mean, in their eyes, it's brought them, you know, and I, you know, being a part of a political state is giving them representation, it's given them actually, they're in Parliament, they've been drip fed over several decades. And that's obviously where we've got to now is that this COVID crisis has come. And for me, after 20 years of devolution, which has had a psychological and cultural impact within certain circles, but material economic impact, I don't think it has had. It's only now that I think people are realising. But I still think, you know, going back to, you know, this big question about, you know, the commission and, you know, what, you know, yes, Cymru, applied Cymru, you know, where you, where you all go forward. I think it would be very hard for you. Some people you won't win over at all. But there are some people, that, you know, those indie curious people that I see them on my sort of social media feed and whatever. It's, it's going to be really hard to win them over because, you know, they see themselves as, you know, British. They've benefited from being a part of an economic and social union. You know, I'm probably a product of that. You know, I went to university in England. I'm, in, I'm speaking to you from London now, although I, you know, I speak Welsh. I'm very proudly Welsh. I'm Welsh, certainly, before I would call myself British. Uh, but those sorts of people that, you know, normally would not necessarily just jump on the bandwagon saying, you know, we want an independent Wales without sort of defining what that means. I think, obviously, going back again, this commission probably helps with that. Um, but of course, this report is not going to be read by probably more than 10,000 people if I were to be very pessimistic about everything. Um, so, yeah, this is, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. Too, because I think what we yes, have done with the membership soaring, obviously, is you know a really um you know, telling symptom of our times you know obviously you've been you know all over the media with the express in the UK which obviously don't normally give yes coverage in terms of its political leanings um but it it's certainly i think changed the way people think about Wales and it's some people will obviously just dismiss this as complete rubbish and it's just all what you see in social media but i think you would be very silly to look at the last 6 months and say that Wales is the same country as it was at the start of this
0: year Yes, I think there's a couple of things there. I think the and this is where really, I think the commission is important because it's done some work there, which is um you know someone can disagree with it but say okay there is a body of work and research done and it's I think it also has done it quite uh, genuinely to try and grapple with some of the issues. I think uh, with this issue about the the strong affinity with a big section of viewers with the, the Britishness or whatever that is quite interesting it's also quite the Achilles' heel because again if scotland does vote independence and i think they will then that whole thing collapses like a house of cards because uh, i think when scotland does go then ireland will be next and this the people mm. here who feel okay i'm i'm welsh they quite like the idea you know of being a part of a multi-nation state if you like um well that's gone and you know what's happened with COVID, i think is that People have seen when Wales and the Assembly of the Senedd hasn't followed Westminster, and we've seen that today with uh, Mark Drakeford at last uh, you know, saying, OK, you know, if you can't travel from one part of Wales to another because of COVID, you shouldn't be allowed to travel into Wales either. So when people have seen, actually, when Wales has taken a decision uh, and different to Westminster, has actually been for the better. And I think that's been a huge psychological effect. And certainly from our point of view, as we've seen membership triple since the beginning of COVID and big two spikes for us was the first one where Mark Jakeford and Chris Sturgeon Northern Ireland said okay we're sticking to the stay at home message and Westminster the England government in this case said you know uh, whatever the slogan Johnson came up with we saw a huge spike in membership then the second one was after Cummings went to Durham and people just felt this isn't fair and there's two things happening in Westminster now. The, the myth of Westminster, the idea that Westminster was, if you like, the mother of Parliament, the proper Parliament, with the Senate being you know, the the baby Parliament, that's almost changed. Uh, and people are not now in deference to Westminster. They're looking at it critically. Uh, and I don't think that's going to change very quickly. Uh, but as I say, the big thing in, in Wales and big change will be Scotland because people quite like the idea maybe of being part of a multinational state and then uh, but once that's gone that's gone stick with us in a minute we're just going to go maybe more on to this idea of confederation if you like Theo
4: yeah exactly I mean I think confederation is something that Plaid has always flirted with I mean they've obviously never supported independence really uh, maybe until 2003 I think the sort of the date is And this is, you know, the model that is propagated. You know, for me, I don't see how it works in terms of, you know, uh, Confederation as a definition of what it is, because for me, I think it will be very much the case that the language that, you know, the Commission says that there's going to be a new partnership with Britain. And I think, you know, what we talked about with Britishness, I think, um, you know, Adam Price has realised that the kind of uh, rhetoric that you put out needs to be quite you know, sensitive to this because you can't just slam Westminster and England uh, by definition um, too much because people will turn away from you. So if this this new idea of independence is important to say, you know, in, in the context of confederation is seen as a partnership within Britain, with England and with Scotland, as, you know, as much as they mean that, you know, you can take a guess. But this has always been an idea that Plaid Cymru has had because, you know, whether it's confederalism or it's you know a totally radical shift totally in total independence maybe you could call it it's difficult to say i mean i don't know with you sean in terms of what your members prefer because my impression personally is that confederation or confederalism would never resonate with any of your members aside from the word i think independence as a word would resonate with them they wouldn't think i mean you know not uh you know i think it's just a bit more simple for them in the sense that it's kind of it's independence it is different we don't want you know we don't want anything sort of overhanging from the state tying us to other countries we want total independence we might even want a celtic union so i mean i don't know what you think about that because I, i would assume it's total independence not confederalism it's not other model that's the only thing that we want
0: yeah, I think there's two things here, you're right, our membership want independence and nobody is going to march for confederalism. As I said, only maybe in Canada in the 1860s where people have marched for confederalism. Um, so I think independence is what people sort of understand. But I think there's there's another point, I think, and I think, to be fair, the document, I think, is a bit more nuanced than the maybe the headlines which come out of said. You know, and I think actually it's what most people, if you ask them, how does this animal actually look? I think what Plyde's document actually outlines what most people would think of is independence, that is free movement of goods and people across uh, the British Isles. Um, obviously independence, but an element maybe of shared um, sovereignty, maybe in the fields of defense, maybe across something like basic taxation, so there's no rush to the bottom, uh, maybe uh, um, some element in, in terms of you know the factors of social life. And something which is similar to Benelux, where you did have you know, three independent states, three different monarchies, two different currencies. Uh, Luxembourg was in with the Belgian franc, of course, before the euro. And I think people indes- would support that. Maybe the problem is more just the actual word confederacy. Um, yeah, because I
4: think, I think, I mean, I think, Sean, I mean, you know, confederalism really, I think it says in the report, you know, it's based on the principle of independence. Yes. And I think, you know, federalism is probably incompatible with that. Principle, uh, you know, and Clyde Cymru's committed to that. Um, you know, in it's kind of um, you know, terms of reference in that in that commission itself. So I think, you know, there's obviously that element that you draw yourself to that it's it's the political campaigning element, which is you know, are people going to actually you know go out there and campaign for this? Because I mean, if you went to your Yes Camry march in most Tidwell, granted this report wasn't um, uh, published then, and probably that you know the policy base hadn't been developed, but I don't think anyone was there marching for that. I think, obviously, what I find really interesting about all of this and, you know, whatever an independent world looks like is, you know, there'll always be some sort of vocal point for uh, anger and frustration. Are we creating, essentially, another European Union situation where we're going to have anger directed towards Cardiff or this, you know, I mean, an internal market, different to the one we have now, perhaps, or one we have tabled now, that people are frustrated by? And I think, you know, is confederalism... You know, with of goods and the, how on the sort of the market and how that works within that model is that going to really deliver what you know the nationalist movement want? Personally, I don't think it is. I mean, I'm very much dealing with sort of black and white here. That it's kind of like I always see or would envisage Wales if it was to go independent, which I think it will. I think it will be much more simple and it will be, you know, an independent Wales. That will obviously in- involve us being in economic partnerships, I think, with other countries.
0: Yes, and, so, I, think, so. and I think, to be fair, that's what the document actually does to put down in black and white. I mean, I'm I'm the chair of Yes Company. I've never heard anyone in the movement actually talk about having border posts between Wales and England. Controlling the border, as we're trying to do with COVID, yes, but the member states of the European Union all did that, and austria Unilaterally close the border with COVID, Slovenia. I mean, this is something which is natural. But I think the idea of actual border posts, I think to be fair to Plaid's commission, they've just actually just written that down and say, look, this is basically free movement of goods and people. Mm. And there'll be something similar to Benelux or Scandinavia to give people a, a, an idea what we mean by independence. Because obviously you and I know that people say, oh, nationalism and separatism. We saw Peter Hayne use the separatist Word in a tweet this week, which I have to say surprised me because I, I I did think we have passed that kind of name calling. People can disagree, of course, and obviously people on on my side name call as well. So we're not we're not innocent in this. But I I just it, to me sounded like something from you know the nineteen seventies and eighties. It was something I hadn't heard for a while, and I didn't think people actually said seriously uh, anymore. So I think the commission is trying to gives some kind of flesh and a bones of what this kind of a creature, this creature looks like with independence. For us in the US Cymru, it's basically a seat for Wales in the United Nations and our own written constitution. That's our you know, basic line after that if it's a monarchy or the currency we will allow other people to discuss that yeah, yeah you're not asking for much then just, 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 uh... <laughs> <laughs> no we will just stick that i think uh, that's quite ambitious enough uh, we're coming to the end of the talk you're listening to radio yes company with me sean jobbins uh, and with me is uh, Theo Davis lewis who's right for nation company spectator the times and also, I forgot to say, founder of Drag- uh, Darogan Talent. Darogan's a fantastic name, Imab Darogan, the son of prophecy. Darogan Talent. Uh, trying to get people to, look, to find jobs back in if, Wales, if I'm right, is it, uh, Yeah, that's right.
4: I mean, obviously, it's uh, totally uh, renamed just for you and Yes Cymru and for Adam Price, obviously, just <laughs> to get your heart pumping a bit
0: more. Well, it's a, it's a good word. We're going to try and wrap it up. So, first of all, I think we, we would agree it's worth people reading the document.
4: Yeah, exactly. I think I, well, I think you need to read the document. I mean, this is, I mean, it's a really, I mean, you say that so sort of casually. I mean, you're going to have, hopefully this will reach new audiences, but you've got to read it, I think, because it's it's, it's a certain audience that sometimes speak about independence. I mean, I think it's broadened a bit. Really important that people read it, Sean, because I think it's, it's what we need in a healthy democracy now. We've come to that point. You can totally disagree with some things in there, which I do, by the way. Mm. Uh, I was very, very critical of it. And everyone, you know, um, had a go at me on social media for it, if you need as well. But I think it's worth reading 100%.
0: And I think maybe, I think there's two different audiences here, maybe possibly. There's one is the the broader, indie curious, we may say. Uh, people are sort of coming to the idea of independence, not too sure, lots of questions to ask. And maybe there's the other audience, which is you know, my troops, if you like, so the people who are there for independence. Uh, how do you think those two audiences would view this?
4: Well, I mean, I think if you look at it's going to be it's going to be mixed anyway. I think lots of people in the independence movement, um, you know, you know, I've been obviously very critical of it. I mean, I think there's like we talked about with the you know the confederalist stuff, the economic solutions. There's good stuff in there. I don't think it goes really you know that much further than we probably would have thought, simply because I don't think the commentary picks that up. I think the commentary picks on what we talked about, which is the referendum. You know, the economics do needs to be debated in full I don't think it's actually a case now that Wales is too poor to be independent whether you're any party I don't think you should be saying that cause It's wrong uh, I think now it's the case of you know what are the economic options and the alternatives I think you know those two groups the India Curious I mean it's very difficult to digest 225 pages I think it needs to be you know personally my view is you need to readapt it you need to reapply it you know all they've done is done this report and they sent it out I think you need to be you know, there needs to be some sort of social media blitz. There needs to be sort of ad tar- ad targeting, and you know, bringing out crucial things. I mean, I don't know who's doing their PR, but you know, it needs to be you know, clear and concise, and you know, bringing the key themes out of there. Hopefully, it will be digested. I think it'll be interesting for them, but whether that will, you know, reading a book. So I think it is a book. Uh, I've read the PDF online. Um, you know, whether that will do anything for them. Whether that'll be sold in, you know, all good bookshops. I don't know. Uh, the interesting group for me, more than anything, is the independence group, because I think I think lots of them are unhappy about certain elements because and that's, you know, important to differentiate. I think there's obviously there's Yes Cymru members, there's Plaid Cymru members and there's people who aren't members at all that are just, you know, supporting an independent Wales. I think people will take different things from it. I think for Plaid Cymru, it's done, a, it's done a good job It generates a great deal of traction in you know the UK media in the Cardiff media. It raised several questions. It probably, you know, it was a very, I said, I said earlier, it was a self created moment. And I think it is, because they've put out this research and they've basically created this momentous occasion. That is, you know, we've thought about this, basically. And that, you know, you shouldn't denigrate that. I think that is an important step. I think in terms of the different options, whether it's, you know, that Benelux model that we mentioned, whether it's the League of the Nations, you know, whatever that looks like, does it fit the UK, does it suit Wales? That's still up for debate. And I think, you know, I don't think you can go away totally unhappy. I mean, I know, you know, we've had, you know, people like John Ball being really unhappy about how many referendums there are in this, and I totally agree. But at the end of the day, I think for the independence movement, it is it is an important base for them now. It's how they transfer those ideas into a political manifesto for Plaid Cymru next year. Whether that will resonate with the people of Wales, I don't think, for example that the next election in Wales is a referendum on, you know, the question of whether we should be independent. Because right now, if Plaid Cymru, if we have the election tomorrow, Plaid Cymru would probably come third. And, you know, that would be a huge blow, by the way, if that happened next May. So the big, big thing to take away from this is if you're an independent supporter, and it's not nice to hear, is you've got to make sure that you transfer that energy into Adam Price and Plaid Cymru next, next May. Because I really don't think you'll see some of the non, not even the, the sort of more moderate things in here to do with the future of Wales implemented unless you have a sympathetic government. Of course, again, uh, all of this depends on what happens elsewhere, Sean, and whatever, whatever comes up in the next few months.
0: Yes, and I think a lot is going to happen over the next few months. And 2021 is going to be an absolute a pivotal year for Wales and I think the future of the UK. Theo Davis Lewis thanks for joining us on Radio Yes Cymru tonight it's been great to speak to you i think as we've had a very worthwhile discussion about the Plaid Cymru's commission on independence we'll post a link to it on our facebook page so people can have a look at themselves and uh, follow up the discussion as well thanks for listening to Radio Yes Cymru we're hoping to broadcast every two weeks with us, topics and discussions about independence and in wales and the independence movement talk about yes. yes 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 cymru radio yeah. Yeah.
1: radio free wales Yes, yes.